Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sheila Shoige, and welcome to Ready to Be Real Conversations. The podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not. But my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. Historian and artist Shelley Mooney, who runs the brilliant Instagram page Tales from the Wood, which explores the history and mythology of Ireland, is back on the pod one more time. And in this bite-sized episode, she talks to us about the ancient festival of Samhain and its connection to the Hill of Tara. So the ancient festival of Samhain is what we call Halloween now. And basically what it is, um, it's something that's been celebrated here in Ireland in different ways by different types of people since literally prehistoric times. Um, And we have evidence going back 5,000 years ago that we've been marking this day in in whatever way that was important to the people at the time for that long. So that's how old we're talking about um, with Samhain. So if you look outside, I always like to take it back to nature. The leaves are starting to fall off the trees. Summer is well and truly over and the Kylock is here and she's yeah. all around us. And we can see her and feel her now in the cold air and the, the haw of our breath and uh, in the smoke of the fires coming out of the chimneys. She's all around us now. Yeah, and you spoke brilliantly about the Kylock in the previous um uh, conversation. So if you want to check that out, it was uh, the one we recorded about the autumn equinox. Yeah, yeah. And you speak about the Kylach beautifully in, in that episode. And and it's, as you already explained anyway, it's not about the necessarily, you know, the on the broomstick with the pointy hat yeah. stuff. It's, it's, it's far more connected to nature. Yes, exactly. And these are nature goddesses that, you know, we've chopped and changed over time. And there's been so many iterations of these characters and different cultures around the world will have their own Kylachs or whatever they're calling it. You know, they're, they're, she appears throughout and then of course we have the, the Wizard of Oz I think that's the point that she got the pointy hat okay. I think that was yeah. when she got that yeah <laughs> but yes yeah, so we the Kylock is all around us and um, Halloween is en route um, so what Samhain is marking is the beginning of winter and the beginning of the darkest part of the year and this would have been really important to the people in Ireland in years gone by because again you know we've talked about the agricultural calendar it falls into that um, so Samhain is 
um, it's it's this liminal or a threshold time where we've spoken about that on previous shows as well. That veil between the worlds is thinning, and the spirit of the dead and the Aishi are in, and they're walking among us. And um, and it's it's a point of the year that it, it's at, it's very thinnest, isn't it? Yes. So yeah. this is yeah exactly. And um, there's different ways that you can access the the, the other world according to mythology. So people can say you can go through um, some of the the portal uh, dolmens or the the passage tombs. I think through water. There's all these different ways, but because the veil is so thin, we're almost, the dimensions are merging, I suppose, at the moment. And uh, that's um, where the story, the ghost stories and the association with the dead and like uh, the, the the spirits that are among us, that's where that comes from, is this feeling that the veil between the worlds is very thin at the moment. Yeah. Um, so like Bealtaine, which we spoke about early in the year, Samhain is a fire festival. And it's, as I was saying, it's part of that agricultural calendar um, in that it marked the end of the harvest season when all of the really strenuous farm work is done. So that has been what's just gone by is the busiest, most difficult uh, point of that agricultural calendar. And for our ancestors, it would have been even more so because they didn't have tractors and they didn't have, you know, they had to do it by hand. Mm. And almost everybody was involved in agricultural um, work back because then. if they didn't they didn't survive well, yeah we, we yeah we were an agricultural um culture you know yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. that's what everybody was doing so at that time of year when the harvest is coming in and we've seen it in movies and you know you, you you'll know the scenes well that i'm talking about but like everybody was out in the fields you know they were all taking it in and bringing it home and processing it and you know just huge amount of work and stress and uh, i'm sure half the time they didn't feel like getting out of bed to do it but they literally had to because otherwise it would be a grim winter yeah you know so what Samhain, um allowed them was uh, a big rest and a big celebration and a time to gather around and really just have a big feast and have a big party that finally <laughs> the hard stuff is over winter's here we're going to have a lovely quiet few weeks now to kind of take it all in and have a big fire a big bonfire and uh, much like Beltana, they would they would celebrate it in that way yeah yeah and uh, so as I said back in the Beltana episode um, earlier in the year so Bealtaine is kind of associated with the Hill of Ishnach, which I was explaining is like that that spiritual center um, for our, our, our ancient ancestors. But uh, Samhain, the other fire festival, is associated with the Hill of Tara. Mm. So I'm sure you know, um, you know about the Hill of Tara, but it's, it's covered in these beautiful monuments and um, the oldest of which is called the Mound of the Hostages. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you've probably seen it. And I think I, some people, I think, get a bit confused when they go up there because there's obviously there's a gate on the front of the mound, which kind of looks like a prison gate. And I think people think they stored hostages in there or something <laughs> like that. But actually, no, <laughs> it's a it's a 5000 year old passage tomb from our Neolithic ancestors. And it got the name from something else in mythology to do with Cormac MacArt. It has nothing to do. With hostages, <laughs> actual no, hostages. No, yeah. no but um, on, on Samhain, um, as we have spoken about um, previously in other uh, places, like up at Loch Crew is aligned with the autumn equinox um, and Newgrange is aligned with the winter solstice. And basically what that alignment means is that the sun will shine down the passage and it's aligned with an actual celestial calendar event that the, the sun, if its skies are clear, uh, will flood into the passageway and, you know, it will light up the whole thing and mark the day that way. So the Mound of the Hostages is a passage tomb up a tower that is aligned uh, with Samhain. Mm. And we know that um, in mythology, it says that every seven years they had this huge big feast and a big party and a fire up at Tara. Um, 
whereas they had it for Bielsen every seven years at Ishnak. The mythology that we have, so what's written down that we mm. have today, uh, was not written by the people who developed these stories. It was written centuries later by uh, our little monks. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they had um, in their monasteries, they would write, you know, like the Book of Kelsey's gorgeous illuminated manuscripts. They, they, they would put them together and they would they wrote it down. Because unfortunately, um, our pre-Christian ancestors had, they believed that passing things by word of mouth uh, was, the, the, that was the, the done thing, you know, that they would pass things down. And we've continued that tradition in Ireland really today. We, we love telling stories. Mm. We have an oral tradition here in Ireland of passing on stories. Exactly, yeah. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't lend itself to study <laughs> no no because as we all know the telling of a story can change from can. Uh, from person to person <laughs> and region to region it changes yeah. as well but you do have a brilliant story actually that i'd love to hear it's about film mccool yeah and we, hear, we know a lot about film mccool we do you know he's one of the big hitters yeah, in terms of the, of the stories but i don't think i know this one about sound yeah okay so this um is a story that takes place up at tara as well and um, so this is you know it's all these little bits of evidence are is are, are why we can make assumptions that play Places like Tara really, you know, sound was very important there. But this particular story is about Fionn McCool. Actually, and for those listening who, yeah. you know, don't know. I mean, look, do I, I, when I think about it myself, I know a bit about him, but I don't know that much. Mm. Who was Fionn McCool again? Well, he's the leader of the Fianna. Yeah. Uh, he's the guy that in the story about the Salmon of Knowledge, he stuck his finger he's in the salmon. <laughs> he's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so he was he, told not to. He was told not to. And he did. Um, he put his finger in the in the Salmon of Knowledge. So if he sucked his finger, he would know everything. Yeah. And, you know, this the whole story about Fionn McCool. But this takes place um, when he was young, this story. And he was young and he was up at Tara around sound but he heard a story he was up visiting at Tara and he heard the men talking about um something that had, was starting to happen every day and had been for years up at sound where they were visited by this big monstrous fire-breathing creature who was coming from the other world whose name was Alien and what was happening was Alien would arrive at the hill of Tara where they were preparing for their great big Samhain feast and he would use his magical music to lull all of the people in the court to sleep. And when they were sleeping, he would then burn the whole place down to the ground. And when they finally woke up, they would be met with the destruction and the chaos and just the absolute disaster up at, up at um, Tara on the very day that they needed it, you know. So this was happening and it had been happening for years and they were all just, you know, expecting this to happen again. So Fionn heard the tale and he kind of said to himself, I have to do something about this. So he had a little think and he came up with a plan. And what he did was he inhaled some of the poison that he had on his spear. And what he thought that would do is it would keep him awake so that when Alien eventually came and he played his music, it wouldn't affect Fionn. Because so he was already course, pumped with stuff. Because he was pumped up on whatever okay. poison or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You can't get me. <laughs> right. Whatever it was on his spear, okay. he knew this would keep him awake. So I'm, I'm visualizing Phil now absolutely off his bin. Yes. Up oh, at the hill of Tara. Mad. I'm sure the other people were looking at him thinking, what the hell? You know, we've heard stories about this. Okay. <laughs> so, so does Aliel come in? Yes. So he came and um, of course the same thing started to repeat again. He was playing this magical music and um, all the people were falling asleep again. And Fionn, anyway, whatever he took, <laughs> he stayed awake. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so what he Raven did in the corner. he was he was having a right night himself <laughs> up with sound love it so uh, sure enough Alan came and Fionn was awake so he took Alan by surprise and he killed him with the spear okay. that he was after using to keep himself awake and when everybody woke up they were absolutely overjoyed and delighted to find that everything was still standing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it was still there and Alan was dead and they could have their party and um, they were so delighted with Fionn McCool that they made him the head of the Fianna alright so that's, that's yeah. how he became the head of the Fianna that's class part of me was thinking why didn't they just move but I suppose uh, they couldn't I, well, they couldn't because again Tara the significance Tara the significance and the spiritual uh, you know connection. they didn't have to worry about it anymore he no, was gone he was gone what I would say about stories like that is um, that's the kind of thing that I absolutely love right and it's so special about Ireland because we have stories like this and Tara is abound with stories like that mm. um, that tie in that mythological, legendary, you know, side of our country with the archaeological reality of what we can actually go and see. And I would recommend to anyone, um, go up to Tara and, and stand in these places, like, you know, uh, in, in the ring force where you can imagine that, you know, other characters like Lou arrived at Tara and into King Nuda's court there. And these all these stories... But it's amazing and it's so unique about Ireland that we have, like they're tied together and it's just incredible. Like, you know, you can't have one without the other and we use one to learn about the other and um, it's just amazing. And there's so many sites around the country that are the same thing. You know, we have Ewan Rocka up in uh, County Armagh and just all these places mm. that the myths and reality are so blended and it's just so, it's so Irish. Like, And we're very lucky because, I mean, you know, people travel in from far and wide mm. to experience these places yeah. and often they're on our doorstep. Yeah. So you're dead right. We should really get out and explore what we have here and yeah. how special it is. And yeah. even just if you're if you're just to go there and and let go of your idea of it and just experience it, it sounds like a lot of these places have have an energy and have a power about yes. them. Yes, and like I, my my husband laughs at me because if you go through the camera roll on my phone, it's literally just fields and <laughs> <laughs> lumps and rocks and all these random things. And I'm there going, no, no, this is you know blah, this blah, one. Blah. This one's really special. Yeah, this one's so cool. And he's like, Shelley, it's a lump in a field. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> but that's Ireland, you know. And yeah. once you get into it, it's addictive. Like you know, you'll absolutely get stuck into it it's amazing well your passion is addictive and uh, that's what's really come through in, in all of these conversations is your absolute love mm. for what you're talking about yeah. and you live and breathe it oh absolutely you know and that came from childhood I think I don't know it's just it, it feels very mystical and once I kind of realized how intertwined Ireland's uh, mythology is with our own archaeology and everything how the stories are just and kind of had been left to the side. And we tend to think about Greek mythology or Roman mythology, but our own is just so yes. colourful. And ca the characters are just incredible. And there's so many lessons that are just so specific to here in Ireland, you know, and that's so special as well. It's yeah. just incredible. Like, it yeah. is, yeah. Okay, so this time of year, uh, you know, I mean, I suppose nowadays we have, you know, the, the classic trick-or-treating. Yes. Um, and I, I recorded a previous episode um, all about kind of traditions and and, and the games that were played mm. and the things that were done and all of that and how the, the lanterns were not necessarily pumpkins but turnips, turnips back in the day yeah. and all that kind of stuff <laughs> but celebrating today 
it's nice. I, I do feel like there's a bit of a resurgence in the old, old games, the yes. stuff that we probably played when we were kids, yeah. you know, and it's nice to see the simple stuff making a yeah. comeback as well. And it's cool to know the reasons why those all came about as well. Um, you know, so I, I was kind of mentioned to you before the show started, um, the Hill of Ward in County Meath is where they say that Halloween may have originated. And basically what that is, it's an Iron Age fort that's actually visible from the Hill of Tara. Okay. But they'd light a great big fire up there at Halloween and um, or at Samhain, they would have called it. And people would gather and they would actually take a flame home from the fire. Yes. And, uh, oh, I have heard that story. Yes, that's yes. that so one. That's the Hill of Ward. But, oh, fabulous. Yeah, but it's traditions like that and um, that the liminality and the, the the veil being very thin is where we get all our little modern games today. So mm. all of those games, you know, I'm sure like the bobbing for apples or the barn brack, they're all based around divination mm. and uh, particularly in relation to your love life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so they were mad into finding out, you know, when would they be getting married? Who'd be the first one? But all of those games, the divination, it, it's kind of because Samhain was seen as this uh, this mystical time when the veil was very thin and that because our ancestors are so near to us in that time that it was a great time for divination, yeah. you know, and uh, of trying to read the future. And um, that's where that those little harmless games that we play now, that's where they all would have come from. And I just think that's incredible, like, you know, that we still have that connection today and um, the kids are still doing it. You know, yes. it's nice. So in the Celtic calendar, where do you begin or is there a beginning and end? Is it, is it circular? I mean, we have in bulk, yes. we have Belton and Lunasa and Sound. But is in bulk the first one or is Sound? Um, so there's actually a little bit of debate uh, over okay. that. Yeah, so a lot of people will say that the Celtic New Year begins on Sound or the yeah. 1st of November. Um, it's debatable. I don't okay. know. I can't tell you for 100%. Um, but I kind of, I, I feel like that's nice idea you know yeah. that we're starting um in the dark as opposed to you know the the kind of uh the the festivities of of new year's day that we celebrate today you know that it, instead it's when this veil is very thin and you know we're coming up to the coldest months that maybe that's the beginning as opposed to heading into spring i yes, don't know i, I know, know. It's, and it's, it's up, up to interpretation whatever anyone yeah, feels connected exactly. to i've loved these episodes i've learned so much from you and i know there's so much more that we could talk about um but your work is stunning tales from the wood if you don't follow shelly already you should <laughs> Her page is fabulous. Thank you so much for your time. It's been brilliant. Oh, thanks so much to you. Thanks for having me on. It was great coming on to have a chat with you. If you enjoyed this mini episode, I released a conversation all about Halloween traditions on the 23rd of October 2020. If you want to check that one out. Thank you so much for listening to Ready To Be Real. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. 
Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.